and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow the podcast that can be done on Twitter at HEFPod. And, of course, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFPod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram can be found there. You got Matt in New York uh, kicking ass and taking names and getting follows by club presidents. In the meanwhile... Rock and rolling with that thing. And of course, you can always drop us an email that is heyandrewprayford at gmail.com, as some folks do from time to time. Um, getting right into the flow of things. Uh, based on my tone, I think everyone understands what might have happened if you have not seen the match or have been able to hide underneath a rock. Well done, you. Um, here to talk about Eintracht and Hertha, and also with Eintracht Frauen is Chris. In Detroit. All right, Chris. Is football season over? American, that is. American football season has just begun uh, because college football is so much better than the NFL. And I'm just going to stick with that. And where, remind me where you got married again? On the campus of Michigan State University, uh, the greatest university in the state of Michigan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> other guy laughing at Chris uh, for his comments is none other than Matt in New York. Matt, um, are you? Have you been able to swallow the bitter pill that was the MLB playoffs yet? Um, baseball's over. You know, I don't know if you know that it's October, so um, Yankees don't play in October, but. Yeah, you know, um, on to better things with football and football going on right now. Um, Are those Jets? But I, I got to say, I'm actually low-key jealous. You got jo- um, married at the Spartan campus. I, I, If I had the opportunity to get married at the Vagstadion, I'd fucking do it. I just know I just know my girlfriend would never let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone in my family, for that matter. Man, that fe- that feels like a missed opportunity, there, man. Uh, well, it's 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 hard to fly everyone from here to Frankfurt, then you know. True, true, true. Oh. Make that trip. <laughs> hey, maybe the club can sponsor it. Wink, wink. I think we should cough, cough. I think we should live broadcast. I think yeah, the podcast should do I a live walk down, narrating basically what uh, your girlfriend or whoever is on the other end. Matt, because, you know, who's to say, uh, who knows anything about the future? We all thought the future was bright and rosy after beating Bayern. And then we came to Hertha. Home, over 30,000 fans in the stadium. And <sighs> shit, our pants. Yeah, that first goal, <laughs> that first goal definitely wasn't ideal. I mean, that didn't set the right tone for us. I mean, we didn't come out strong, but... Scoring a header, our first like header or second header goal, or conceding our first and second header goal this season, um, was definitely a tough one to swallow. And you know, it wasn't like it was one of those fluke like goals that you see from those type of crosses all the time. I feel like the best player in the world who always does it is like Mares or whoever can curl the ball like crazy because it always looks like a cross. And half the time, it the bounce is in the six-yard box, and more than half the time, it bounces in the net. So 
we just hit that pill today, that day, you know, and that didn't set a right tone for the rest of the game. Now, I haven't, I haven't heard the commentary on it. Uh, I was at a watch party for the the match. Did they talk about the sun? Because it kind of looked like, like the light, the intensity of the light may have played a may have played a factor in Trap's ability to track the ball, or it just nobody looked like they were really understanding where that ball was going. No, I mean well, in that in that play, not really. Um, the sun isn't even in Trap's eyes whatsoever. If anything, the sun is like ten yards on the left side of the goalpost. Um, I'm literally watching rewatching the highlights now. I'm like, I'm amazed I didn't puke during the day during this damn thing. I was on Oktoberfest. Like Jesus Christ, we were disgusting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems like we weren't strung out the wings, and we just kept getting those crosses. But the sun was definitely not a huge factor. Um, if anything, it came from the sides and not like dead on to the keeper's eyes, you know? Yeah. And it's been a thing for us too. Uh, those slow starts, whether it's just not playing well early or allowing very early goals. Um, I don't think we were terrible through most of the first half. If you take out that first 10, 12 minutes, uh, we certainly weren't good, but I mean, we held possession. We had a little better passing, but damn it, we just cannot get a good start in any competition. We're allowing early goals in Europa League and Bundesliga play. We just can't establish ourselves in the first quarter hour. Moody Diva strikes again. It didn't even feel like we were that strong, in my opinion. I mean, like, I don't know, like, yes, we had the possession and stuff like that, but it was such pointless possession where, and I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record here, and I feel like I'm I'm sounding like a broken record by saying I was sounding like a broken record. We are literally not doing anything in the final third. Like, great, like, Indica and Hinterreger are getting passes off. Great, like, Jakic and So getting involved in the play. Great. Where the fuck is Jakic and where's the connection between Jakic and Kostic? Where's the connection between So and Hauga? Where's the connection between them and uh, Lindstrom in the fucking number 10 spot? Like, we don't have a 10. We don't have a playmaker. That's the biggest thing we're missing. Our best playmaker is out on the wing, and all he's doing is crossing the ball to nobody. Like, Sam Lammers is not quick enough to get there. Yes, he's tall, but he's lanky. He's going to get bullied off the ball every single time. Um... And Kostic can only do so much. You know, yes, he had great success with Rebic, Haller, Jovic, because those were men. Like, Lamas is still a young boy, and he, he he can't keep crossing it to him, and we have to find a different type of way of, you know, finding our number nine, the attack, um, the, the net, you know? Um, there's just a huge disconnect. We talked in the last episode about how the the guys down the middle, Jakic, uh, So, Hasebe, that spine down the middle is consistent enough to not allow too many goals but they lack the ability to turn defense into into offense and until we find a way to use Hauga or Hrustich or somebody to grab that ball and say hey we're going to push it forward uh, it's simply going to be pass the ball to Kostic let him do a cross and I love the guy but that's not a strategy for winning football we made it work during other times, but I, um, I look at this lineup, and at least defensively, we thought, hey, we should be sound. We should be all right. Kostic, Chandler on the wings. 
Um, so Yakit in the middle. But to me, the attack, like switching things around, like where Helga was kind of playing, you know, behind Lindstrom and Lamersey and further up, it reminded me a lot of where we would sometimes place at Kamada. And it just made me. Oh my God. Like, like <laughs> this is where, no, no, hold, hold the phone. This is where Kamada Explain. and Eunice last season would be wonderful behind Silva because granted Silva freaking based on his goal scoring record drew so much attention that those guys were able to work behind him with, with space, with time to make stuff happen and because we don't have an out and out guy who is who will scare everyone, who will draw the big attention, we have it with uh, uh, the foosball god Alex Maya. Like everyone knew, you leave him alone, he's gonna put one in the net, guaranteed. So that drew attention away, so that other players could make contributions and be creative. And we're not doing that right now. Is that good enough for you guys? I will say. I'll say that I don't want Jonas back because he doesn't want to be here, so screw him. But um, we can see where his creativity really kept things going. Even with a lack of talent in other places, his ability to to be creative and move quickly and create turnovers. When's the last time we created a turnover and an odd man opportunity going the other way? I just don't know. I mean... There's nobody who has any interest in creating offensive opportunities in the final third. I and I hate to put Glasser in the hot seat here, but he's he's on the hot seat. I I don't know how you don't put Hustich or Ilzanker in at this point. I don't know why we put in Amani Torre and Paciencia. And I mean, granted, Paciencia is a penalty taker at this point. He's probably our top scorer, honestly, or tied with Jens Peter Hauger right now with two apiece. But I, I'm I'm starting to question the the lineup changes. Like, look, I I love that we put Haseba in there. I think putting that experience in there between Indika and Tiraga was great. I love that we kept Timothy Chandler in there. He's in hot form right now. You know, granted they have some mistakes here and there, but he has more better moments than bad moments. He's been killing it right now. JPH right in the middle in front of So and Jakic was a little questionable, but. It, it didn't really change. It didn't really better the situation or worsen the situation from the previous eight, nine games we've played. And then Kostic was being Kostic, but like Lindstrom wasn't really there. It's, we're, we don't have a solid lineup every single week. And I think it's starting to frustrate the players. And I think it's starting to frustrate us as the fans too, where it's like, yes, injuries are also a huge factor in this, but like, why are we not putting Ilzanker in? Why aren't we putting Hustic in? Like, I'm pretty sure Ilzanker was a fairly big part of the last, like, 20, 30 minutes of the Bayern game. And I'm pretty sure he started against Antwerp, who we won against. It was a penalty beside the fact. But, like, still, like, we're not – I feel like we're not putting in the strongest player right now or even the most consistent players right now or the hottest players, you know? We are more than a quarter of a way into the season. This is – I mean, we shouldn't be trying to figure out what our lineup is. We should have our go-to 11 with a random change here or there, but we should know who we are. We should know what we have, and we're still toying around to see what works, and that's unacceptable. So you're saying that us being involved, you think, with Europa League is actually becoming a hindrance? No. 
No, if anything, it makes it worse because we've had more opportunities to see who we are, and we still don't know. We haven't been checked. So I know they're yet. different competition, but it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, there has to be, especially from the player perspective, you get into that routine, that consistency. You know, you're a bench player. You know, you're a starter, and you know you have to be ready because you might be starting. But this, I'm on the bench. I'm starting. I'm on the bench. I'm starting. I'm here. I'm there. We're this formation. We're that formation. I know things change based on the opponent, but not to the extent we're seeing right now. You put your best lineup and your best formation out there and let the other team adjust to it. I feel like I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise where Glossner is literally giving the positions <laughs> the, the positions a rose and giving the rose every single week as a different person and someone new comes in. Like There's the episode title. It literally just stopped. Literally, the season just ended last week. And now, with three freaking engagements, mind you, now even four, I don't even know. But either way, this is what it feels like. And I thought I was done with that season, but it seems like I have 30-plus more games to deal with this kind of bullshit. Well, it's not ABC, it's ESPN Plus, goddammit. (laughs) 34 matches left to go, boys. You know, this team is making us all frown. Let's turn that frown right upside down. So we celebrated uh, us defeating uh, Byron Minchin uh, in Munich. Guess what? The other came home and then promptly put a number on the team that was unbeaten. All wins, no losses, no draws. They went right up against Bayern Munich, the reigning Frauen Bundesliga champions, and the Eintracht Frauen came away with a 3-2 comeback victory. Come back, late, late comeback victory that's got us all thinking maybe we have the wrong coach at the helm of the Eintracht men's side. I <laughs> cannot believe you had the guts to call out Nico last week. <laughs> he said, hey, Maybe Brian, he listened to I the podcast you. and he thought, Brian, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And <laughs> that yeah, little fire underneath him. It worked. Hey, it worked. You called him out and he said, I know what I'm doing here. So when do we play Wolfsburg then? Because you got to do that again. Uh, actually, it's Two weeks. this Friday. Uh, not this Friday, no, Friday uh, the Friday after, yeah, because they have the yeah. international break, which it's a shame, but it's just kind of hilarious that, wow, both men's and women's uh, beat Bayern right ahead uh, in front of their international break, which then leaves us to think, golly, no, is this team no. a top three kind of team? Okay, right now, points-wise, we're neck and neck for the title, along with Leverkusen with Munich and two points above Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim, the team that finished in uh, third place last season. I'm not counting the chickens before they've hatched, but it very much is a two-sided sort of table this season, just to paint the picture of the Frauen table. So you got three teams all uh, on 15 points. I tracked one of those three with Bayern and Leverkusen, Fourth place as uh, two teams on well, fourth fifth place is two teams on thirteen points in Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim, and then you have Potsdam on, uh, in sixth place on twelve, and then you have a size 
At this point in the season, a sizable seven-point gap between sixth and seventh. That's the kind of difference that uh, the top end uh, is from the bottom side. And it's just kind of... it's. How has Eintracht been able to put themselves in this position? Sure, they lost to Hoffenheim, but this win over Munich is a special one because when you get one over on the big on the big teams, that means that you have a chance to really go forward and get something out of the season. And I'm and it's fucking Bayern. Yeah, exactly. Bayern spends more money on their women's teams than I would say some Dritta Liga teams spend on their uh, men's side. Just saying. Believe it. I think in Hoffenheim lost over the weekend too, I believe. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Hoffenheim beat uh, beat Wolfsburg. So, yeah. you know, the, the Wolfsburg yeah. loss kept us in touching distance there. Uh, just a goal differential in the middle. But I think if you look at the way we played this match. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, some awesome person, I won't name it because I don't want it pulled off, but just search uh, the keywords on YouTube. Somebody put it up with the English commentary, the full match. It's up there now. It's definitely worth a watch. It was back and forth the whole way. And the difference being that um, the way that we played Byron last year, which we played them very tough, um, but we lacked that quality. And I think you could see this year, while we're still a young team, they developed that confidence off playing well last year to say, hey, we can play them for 90 minutes. It might take till the 90 minute to catch up to them, but we can do that. And I mentioned last week, uh, Shakira Martinez is on fire. And her goal uh, to to take the 1-0 lead gave us so much momentum. And even though Byron came back, kind of stole the game back at 2-1, we were never out of it by any means. And when we tied it up in the 88th minute, you just kind of felt maybe there was a chance something else was there. And uh, Newskin, with that goal in the 90th minute, (laughs) I thought we were going to get cards for everyone running off the bench. There was so much excitement there. (laughs) Okay, so here's the question then. Chris, you're a man who's about to go on vacation, who's going to have a few drinks while he's on vacation. Are you are you ordering for your little one uh, Shakira Martinez uh, jersey? Uh, I will be doing that no matter what. Because, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> she likes the goalie kids. Huh. And I'm not against a Meryl Fromm kit for her. True, kids. true. She's Germany a badass in her own right. And she also just solidified her starting position on the German national team. Going into internationals against Israel, there is no better German goalkeeper in the world right now. Um, and she proved it in this last match with some serious saves. Uh, and in the last match before this one, too. But she likes a goalkeeper kit. We'll see what she's what she's going to end up with. Uh, I am raising a little diva myself, so... Where she is one day to the next, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, these ladies definitely put a smile on our faces. And something that also puts a smile on our faces is this uh, segment breaker that we love so dearly. It is hashtag, what are we drinking? Chris, you're about your man about to go on another vacay. What are you drinking? And uh, what will you be? Or... I should almost, you know, I'll allow it. What will you be drinking? Well, let me put it this way. Um, I have 
made a thing of turning this segment into story time. Mm. So I'm going to give you a little story here about what I'm drinking. I have the elixir to fix the men's side. I can do it. Please. It's right here in a glass right in front of me. So in 1862, a pharmacist here in Detroit goes off to war. Happens. He came up with this concoction, and he needed somewhere to store this concoction, so he put it in an oak barrel. And he was like, hey, I'm going to save this. I'm going to go fight this war, and then I'm coming back. We're going to pop Casual. So he pops this keg very casually, pops it with his buddies a couple of years later, and boom, he's got the first ginger ale. And it, I, no shit, I'm telling you, if you're not feeling well and you live in Michigan, you go to the doctor. They say, hey, what's ailing you? Oh, my arm hurts. My back hurts. Well, have you had a Verner's? Because Verner's ginger ale is medicinal and whiskey is also medicinal. So I'm going to fix all of our Frankfurt problems with this whiskey and Verner's tonight. Huh. There you go. Um, Look for Verner's. The greatest is that that one around. with the? Is that that one with the? Uh, is that that one that's like the all green? Uh, yes. Okay. With the little garden gnome on the front. Yeah. There you go. You guys got to educate me. I'm I'm more of an IPA guy, even though I'm not even drinking an IPA today. I am drinking solid H two O out of my Gatorade bottle that I don't know every single athlete, in the American sports athlete, has. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I think I'm um, actually. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna make an announcement here. I'm um, I'm not gonna drink our game days anymore until we start winning. Until we have our uh, next Bundesliga win. Bundesliga win, not Europa win. Bundesliga win. Um, so I, I'm gonna make that announcement. I'll be drinking water until then. It's a protest. How obliterated you get when we do win the next match. Uh, well, at least I'm being optimistic there. Uh, I am drinking Kansas City Rye whiskey from Riegers. Uh, it uh, packs a punch, folks. And sometimes you just need to change things up just a little bit. Just like we do uh, here at Hey, I Drink Frankfurt. And just like all of our Glasner seems to like to do when it comes to the men's side, when it comes to the lineup that and formation that seems to run out there. Sorry, had to go up, then you had to go down. This is a roller coaster ride, if anything else, folks. Uh, we'll be back with segment two, so stay with. segment two so guys here we are again we got a thursday match coming up we got the reigning champions of greece uh whatever that exactly entails i'm not exactly sure uh the same club that supposedly uh the the one of the previous all-time transfer sales uh went to way 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 back yonder (laughs) um just to update everyone, uh, Eintracht currently sitting in second place uh, after the two match days played. We got the win and the draw. Uh, 
the team that we drew against, uh, Fenerbahce, got thoroughly beaten uh, by Olympiacos, 3-0 uh, in Istanbul. So this is not a team that is scared of going on trips and uh, getting wins, even though, to be fair, uh, Athens to uh, Istanbul is not too far of a flight. It is Turks and Greeks. So uh, if you know your geopolitics, uh, that's a scary, scary, scary concoction. Uh, guys, not exactly very well versed on this team, but they are the reigning Greek champions and have been kind of running away with it year in, year out. Um, I'm not super I'm worried about ourselves. About this one. I'm more worried about ourselves at this point. I've been, I'm sounding like a broken record here. Like, I'm more worried about ourselves. You know, we have only Sam Lamas, Kostic, and Paciencia who have, and Jens Pitahauga who have scored two goals for us. We're having inconsistent um, production within our, in our final third when it comes to our midfielder and our attackers. We are struggling. We need to really fix something here. I don't know if we're going to go back to a four in the back with Eddie Duham possibly coming back into the squad. I don't know if we're going to let him kind of just ease into things, um, which kind of seems like like the thing. Um, I have a feeling Rode may come off the bench for this game. He's Finally. been active. I know. Like I feel like we need our captain in there. We need some other things. But, you know, I... If I if I were to see a lineup here, I, yeah, if we have four in the back between Hinterrega and Dika, um, Duham and um, Ch- Timothy Chandler, we'll do Jakic and So in the middle. We'll put Kostic on the left, Rusic starting again possibly, which would be dope, and then Jens um, Peter Hager on the right, and then we'll have Sam, Sam Lammers up top, which would be my ideal um, lineup. Um, because Husic needs time. Husic needs more effort. I mean, the free kick goal he scored over the international break with Australia was unbelievable. Like, how are we not giving this kid more time, you know? And the same with Ilzanka. Like, we have so many options. It's just, we'll gossip Why putting the right line up. Like, if we had to do, like, uh, like a set training ground set piece, why is Husic not the guy taking the free kick? We have Kostic off to the left or the right, depending on where the free kick is taking place, so that you have a guy with a rocket for a foot who is then able to pounce on uh, and a lefty. if it ricochets off. And then it, I, 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 I keep on thinking that Glasner eventually, once he, whenever he gets comfortable with what he has as his foundation, maybe he'll get a little bit more adventurous. But I, I know it's a bunch of wishful thinking. But hey, you know a coach needs to grow and progress, and this is a club that demands emotion. And you have to, if we at least try something elaborate and screw up, at least then the fans can be like, oh, "Damn it, screwed that up." Well, tried it. I will say this: we we saw off one corner and then another free kick opportunity something off the training ground a, a low cross or you know a couple uh, uh, heel touch passes we tried we we toyed with the idea of getting a little creative a couple times um i while i still hold glasner accountable for the lack of consistency with lineups um it's up to these players to develop some chemistry together and say hey this guy here we got a good thing going Let's work some some one two passing here. Let's 
you know, create some opportunities for each other. We haven't seen that. I kind of thought a, a Bore Lammers combination might work early on, and that never really developed. And, you know, Kostic was crossing to Bore for a while, and that just kind of fell asleep. So maybe a match here where I fully expect us to lose, maybe somebody steps up and say, hey, not today, kind of like they did against Bayern. Hey, we're going to find a way against all odds. Um, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint a place in the lineup where that's going to happen. Though. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Olympiacos wasn't that strong against Fenerbahce. I mean, I'm looking, I, I didn't watch the game at all, but I'm looking at the stats here. 10 shots for Olympiacos for 16 on Fenerbahce, 8 on target for Olympiacos and 3 for Fenerbahce. And Olympiacos was able to score their goals, which tells me the way with our willful defense, if we let them have a shot, at least two of them is going to go in. And we, by God, can't even keep a clean sheet to save our lives and to even score a goal is next to impossible. But we are going to struggle here. True. This is going to be a Kevin Trap match. It's been every match. Every single game this year has been Kevin Trap match. I mean, Kevin Trap was phenomenal last week as well, except for that, you know, that got blunder in the first goal. But like I said earlier, you know, it's just one of those awkward bounces that happen here and there um, with very skillful. Well, I, I, you know what? I don't have an excuse for him. I can't. But <laughs> either way, it was still a really, really good performance by Kevin Trap yesterday. But I agree with you. It's going to be I'm a ne- KT game. I'm never putting a loss on our goaltender uh, because we have a good enough defense and we've seen it for all the the shit we're talking about the offense. We've seen this defense put up some solid performances and while, you know, even a Bayern match, they had plenty of opportunities, plenty of shots on goal. Imagine what it would have been if they didn't put their ball or their body in front of a lot of those balls. They did a lot to get in the way and cause havoc. And I think we can shut them down with our defense. We just, have to find a, a way to try and turn that into, if not offense, at least some 50-50 play. Because if we're on our heels for 75 minutes, we're not taking any points. Here's, I'll be happy with one point. Here's the thing, though. They have their own on their team, too, that I would like to highlight. Giorgos Masarios was a part of all three of the goals against Fenerbahce and has been involved in most of the other goals that have been scored by Olympiacos. And, hey, they're looking at us as the big fish. And so, guess what? Put on your – pull up your big boy pants, uh, fellas, because these guys want to go at us, and they're going to see us as this giant side that needs slain. They knocked – they already uh, knocked out – Fenerbahce, which to them would have been the bigger match because of the geopolitics I mentioned, and you know, still a big, big name club in Fenerbahce, but they look at the Eintracht with our big stadium and large fan base, and they're like, you know what, freaking let's go is what those guys are going to be saying in that locker room ahead of the match, and you know what, bring it on. This this club that punt that is able to play in Europe all the time, they're gonna get a taste of a club in in Eintracht. They're used to playing on during the week. They they they're fit for this, you know. They're all ready for this. And just to piggy point, this is what back they're out for. 
this is what they're up for. And you know what? The team needs to, our boys need to step up and take note of the fact that these guys are going to come in with the best shot. And this is a team that, like you said, plays in Europe all the time, that they're, they're going to be ready. And if our guys aren't ready from the moment that the whistle blows, we're going to lose. And then everyone's going to be talking about how, oh, crap. Now we have this extra competition that we could fall into if we finish in third place. And what? Yeah. If we're not yeah. kicking their ass, then just, you know, pack it in, boys, and just focus on your remaining matches within the Bundesliga exclusively. We don't have to score early, but what we have to do is establish a, a game plan early. Because when we sit back, like we did against Hertha and, and what we did against Fenerbahce in the first uh, Europa League match, when we sit back and let the other team establish themselves, all we're doing is sitting back on our heels and saying, you're free to attack us. And if we don't come out swinging, they're going to eat us up. Like you said, Matt, they, they do this all the time. They're playing in Europe every single year. We don't need to give them an opportunity to open that can of whoop-ass. They'll, they'll freely do it on their own. Right. And just to, and just to go back onto your point, um, Chris, regarding our like defense, like, and now I'm thinking this and obviously I only have D3 soccer mentality here, which is far from a professional soccer mind, but, (laughs) um, our, our defense gets so fucking tired because our offense just doesn't produce, you know, like there's a lot of times where the defenders are getting, you know, a lot of pressure because they know that the offense isn't, you know, producing. And that's a huge, huge mental block, a huge mental exhaustion for the defense. So, I mean, I never played on great teams, you know, like I know exactly how it feels. I've lost seven, nothing. I've lost eight, nothing before. Like I completely understand, you know, your offense can't do anything. You are being asked left and right minute by minute to, um, you know, hold it up for us, you, you know, clean sheet every single game because we can't do anything offensively, you know? So that's, I think, why our defense can also be tired, which is why we have so many woeful woes is because they're get, getting pummeled because our offense can't do anything and else. On that note, we have the we have the technology to track that kind of stuff. We have a, a follower on our Discord channel that frequently posts the heat map of uh, player tracking across the pitch. And when you see when you see the Kostic area is red in the defensive third, we're clearly doing something wrong. Exhausting uh, our very best player. Be touching the final third. Yes. He is, he is our offense. So if he's spending uh, in enough time that the heat map is red in the final third, what are we expecting him to do at the other end? That's, to me, we have to... We've, we've got a decent defense. What we have to do is get better in that transition game that's going to create offense. But we struggle so hard to move the ball forward through traditional passing that we're just inevitably going to make two or three passes, turn the ball over, then we got to start the whole cycle over again. So if we can ever string together that transition uh, opportunity, and this is the same club that made a living last year in transition. In the last two years, with uh, that guy that went off to ride horses in, in Gladbach, uh, we are we're a transition team for multiple years. That skill exists with most of this group. There's no reason we can't do it at some point. Right. I agree. 
All right, boys. Time for our predictions. All right. What does everyone have? Because I went first last week, and then it ended up biting us all right in the ass. Uh, I'll go first. I'm headed to the sunshine of Mexico next week. There will be no sunshine in this scoreline. We're going to lose 2-0 on Thursday. Matt? I want to piggyback on that, but I'm going to keep it different here. I have a feeling we may get a stupid penalty call coming our way, so I think we're going to lose 2-1. to one. See, I'm a little bit more positive. I think the only t- we're going to look like ass, but we're going to only concede one goal, and then we're going to get a freaking garbage penalty, and Paciencia is going to pop it in again for his third penalty goal of the season. I think Eintracht's going to have a 1-1 draw. Totally undeserved draw. I'd be thrilled with it. A draw, nonetheless, that you're then going to be like, Okay, Bochum, you just be Bochum, you just beat Greuther Firth. You want to go up against this, and we'll find out how little, how few teeth those guys got at the weekend. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I Tried Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Chris in Detroit, Matt in New York. Where, Chris, can we find you on the social media landscape of the world before you know, you go off to Mexico and are therein uh, unlocatable. <laughs> Lucky. I am on. Yeah, I'll uh, bring back some sunshine. Uh, it is possible to find me and attack me for all of my negativity on Twitter and Discord at C in the D313. Matt. Yeah, you can find me on the Twitter on WAGMA underscore. You can find us out on our Instagram as well. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Boom, boom. Um, let's see. That means that you're probably not going to have an Oktoberfest to get to be drinking at uh, after the match. Though, if you are drinking after the match and we do win on Thursday or even, well, more importantly, on Sunday, whew, Dangerous times, man. Dangerous times. You might be able to forget that the Jets don't play. <laughs> oh, man. Just keep them coming. Uh, I'm not going to laugh at you. I feel the pain. I mean, score Gabby with your Lions last weekend. I used to know what pain was. And then uh, the team got You're going to have a new different type of pain this year. Yeah. Pain and the fact that you go from going to consecutive Super Bowls and suddenly you're like, what the hell is this shit that you're losing to, you know, uh, other teams? Buffalo, yeah, different story. Decent team there. Anywho's <laughs> enough about the American football. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can also follow the show on Twitter. More importantly, that is at HEFpod. Facebook.com slash HEFpod is where you can find all the English language content covering the Eintracht in one location, all at your fingertips right there. Uh, drop us an email whenever you like. as uh, HeyEintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. And, of course, on Instagram, that is HeyEintrachtFrankfurt on the ground. So, from all of us here at HeyEintrachtFrankfurt, uh, be safe. Here's hoping that uh, we have a good match uh, on Thursday, and uh, we'll be all back again talking everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. Choose. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise where Glossner is giving the rose every single week as a different person and someone new comes in. Maybe he listened to the podcast and he thought, Brian, you son of a bitch. Hey, I'm